into positions of hopelessness and helplessness. The government gives them the drugs, builds bigger prisons, passes a three-strike law, and then wants us to sing God Bless America. No, no, no. That was stand-up comedian Max Blumenthal. <laughs> He's bombing so hard. Live at Magooby's Joke House, Max <laughs> Blumenthal. It's so funny that that happened at Magooby's because that's like um, a punchline in itself, Magooby's. The name is inherently funny because it's like a anthropomorphic cow's name. <laughs> yeah, I want to meet Magooby. He pulled the uh, I don't have a punchline for that, which is a move that you do when you did have a punchline, but no one laughed. But it, did, it didn't work per se. Yeah, you just you, you have to say that after you have to say that when you're um, doing your hot Chris Hayes riff at Magoobies, <laughs> it doesn't land the way you planned. <laughs> I could I could totally understand going to Magoobies joke house and doing a fucking uh, zinger about AOC and expecting something, but like nobody never there knows who the fuck Chris Hayes is. Do we have any Amy Therese fans in the house tonight? <laughs> I guess he was like opening for Jimmy Dore or something, because he Jimmy Dore still does like these weird comedy club shows because he got into all this from being a comedian. So you know, you know it's you see it on the schedule at your local comedy club, and it's one of those weird nights where it's like <laughs> one night. And you're like, who the, what the fuck is this? Uh, this guy and the was owner on, is uh, like, they kind of bring in their own audience. So yeah, they, 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 put, they put butts in seats. So, you know, Thursday's Jimmy Dore's day <laughs> <laughs> at McCoby's. <laughs> um,. <laughs> Max Blumenthal, who's a person I don't really care to understand that much about, is like the, he's the gray zone guy, right? Yeah, he's a, a journalist. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's what sticks to stick out to me the most out of all this, is this is a trend that keeps happening where people are disrespecting our trade, Jake, where they pick <laughs> up the microphone and they try to just work it out on stage this was good enough on cnn i can do it here and they don't have the chops they don't know who to to ask who's swiping and if the people in the crowd are sisters they also think that it's like cool or a good time or important on some level that like as some comic i'm like sitting over here screaming like well if you think that's the goal in all this then we're fucked because like <laughs> this is 
I hate doing this. I, just, I think it sucks. I'm trapped in here, you know? Wow. While this was happening, there was like club regulars just waiting at the bar, just taking notes like trash Chris Hayes underline. That's <laughs> <laughs> how uh, you get to the top. <laughs> This guy, Matt Lieb, tweeted that clip out. He said, as a comic, I love shit like this. Politics cranks are so deeply obsessed with the 100% false idea that comedians are our intellectual leaders that they're like, check out my MSNDC jokes during the set at Harry Buttcrack's Giggle Ranch. Um, Yeah, he has a good point, which is like, for some reason, there's this weird thing in the political class where they like, they look at like us or you know, they just see Anders walking down the street and they're like, that's the goal, man. That's the dream. You know, God, I want to be him. We're fucking losers. Uh, I just want to date Naomi. Is that so wrong? <laughs> I want to be a trained clown. <laughs> he, by, um, by the way, no Anders this week. Welcome to the show. That's right. Anders free. Anders free live in. Chai Town, the Windy City. He is out. He's on world tour right now doing paid protest, which is my show, but I double booked myself, and so I'm still in New York. Um, <laughs> and he is over there. <laughs> you're getting about half of a Jake this week. I have uh, health problems because my CPAP machine C-crapped out on me, friend. That's a line I use in my McGoobies act. Yeah, I was about um, to say, you're a professional comedian, aren't you? It, uh, it uh, the machine that I've been relying on to sort of live the last couple of years gave me like a little error, uh, error message the other day, and I have to go back into the the healthcare system in order to fix it. So it's like you know weeks before I can go see a guy who tells me like to go see another guy. So I'm in hell, dude. I don't yeah, well, have you been having some crazy dreams? Not really. Well, sort of, but I the problem is I can't get into deep enough sleep to dream. That's what happens. I've been drinking too much this summer, and I had a lucid dream on Wednesday that uh, a raccoon was fucking me to death. (laughs) I think because my tummy hurt. And I woke up and was like, here's the... It was like a long dream. The only thing I remember was a raccoon latching onto the front of me and a guy being like, no, that that pain is from the raccoon. And then a close-up on my face as I go, it's infernal! <laughs> That's and, cool. And now every time I close my eyes, I, I see that raccoon. <laughs> it's not good. It's a sign of, of unhealth. Do your dreams have like camera shit like that where it's like now you can see close up on your own face? Oh, yeah. No, it's like a David Lynch film in there. And here's the annoying part about dreams is I wasn't that guy for most of it until the raccoon fucking began. And I was like, by the way, that's you. (laughs) (laughs) I bet you're wondering how you got here with the raccoon torture device. (laughs) You're 100% that bitch. I had a a dream. Well, I had a, a dream the other day when I finally got to heavy sleep. And it's cool because if you like, if you're edging yourself on REM sleep all night, you can't get to it by the time you actually get asleep. You do have the weird ones. And uh, I had a really cool one the other night, though, where I was in like a Jurassic Park situation, but instead of dinosaurs, it was giant turtles. Okay. And we were like taking this little helicopter ride over and looking out the window, and they're always like, ah, giant turtles. <laughs> Yeah. Were they making sounds? 
Uh, I don't. It was a dream. I can't uh, answer that question. The hands of Morpheus are so delicate, so that, turbulent. Uh, let's get back to this Max Bloom. Yes, please. He um. <laughs> so I'm sorry. I just saw something really funny the other day that he like tweeted out. Is <laughs> that? So he has like uh, some odd ties to used to work with somebody in the Clinton administration or something. So he's like a weird neoliberal kind of in a lot of ways, I think is what's going on here. Uh, And he. (laughs) So the new Zelda game, have you played it? I have not played it, although I have played um, Breath of the Wild. Okay. Which, as I understand, is a very similar game. (laughs) It's real weird. I did not want to like the new Zelda because they literally use the same map mm. as Breath of the Wild. And it's largely like almost the same game. It's almost like it's creatively fucked up. It's like they just did a do over and we're like, remember that last game? We're just going to make it again, but like bad shit. And you like, you want to say that's DLC. Fuck you. But, but it's man, too good. It's too. It's like when Sting comes back out and plays Desert Rose again, and you love it. They they nailed it, dude. It's it's so good. They just added all this weird Minecrafty shit where you can like build um, anything. Like there's just a bunch of like physics parts and engines and stuff, and you glue them together. And there's like it's there's you like there's just wild like um, clips you know, Instagram pages and stuff of like someone made 9-11 happen in fucking, uh, you know, in the Zelda game or like someone built a working like, you know, steam powered boat and to put it across the entire ocean or whatever. How would so, 9-11 happen? In the, did you have can to make, have trade? You, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so that guy... <laughs> Max Blumenthal was playing it because like journalists are losers like they're just like us and they're they like want us for real when the Zelda game came out they're like I kind of like it bummed me out I remember I was like watching you know all these people on Twitter who like I'm like you're supposed to have real jobs and be like running things and they're like Ooh, I'm at level two today. And you're like, what the yeah, fuck you? yeah. I, I play Zelda. You, uh, you If you're not driving this car, then who is? <laughs> <laughs> oh God, none of us are adults. Oh God. <laughs> it made me really mad because I'm also like, I was just like, you make so much more money than me and you're a baby. Like, fuck yeah. you. I'm a baby. Like, I'm a baby. You gotta love me. Paid like an adult. <laughs> like, it's not fair. So, but he fucking, uh, so there's like these little, um, these little like kind of wing like um, hoverboard things that you can like you can put a little engine on and fly it around. It's like Sheesh. a ah, hard to hard to describe like a glider, a, a glider. Yeah. And, you know, you can get really creative with like putting a a fan on the back of it and using it to move around or like putting like a little um you know, I don't know, just like an odd this or that thing on it, a sail or something. Huh. So this guy had like glued like four of them together and then he put these fucking um, these devices on top of them that like if it sees an enemy, it like 
it homes towards that enemy and then put cannons on top of them. And everyone was like, this motherfucker built a drone. God <laughs> damn. Attacking a Bokobo village with it. Like it was in fucking Iraq. <laughs> it was insane because his instincts just came out. You know, his natural predilection towards drone warfare. <laughs> yeah. Within like three days of this game being out, this guy was just like, oh, well, of course you yeah. would attack the Bokoblids with drone warfare. I can create the Afghanistan conflict if you give me a 72 hours in Zelda. i'm glad i stuck with diablo i don't want to craft anything i want to slam the x button and then uh close my eyes and open them and it doesn't matter if i was paying attention or not yo i'm hood rich and unemployed so i've been playing both and diablo is fun but it is like turn your brain off shit you're a little baby (laughs) you play the games a baby plays i i was reading something that uh and, you know, you can never trust any of these surveys or whatever. There's some survey that is like gaming is up 50% <laughs> since 2019, <laughs> which I, I it, it makes me wonder because I don't feel like my behavior has changed that much as a uh, professional layabout baby. But, you know, the fact that everybody else is living this way is, is alarming. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like. I feel like part of that has to do with working from home because like, you know, if you have a regular job and then you got the work from home situation, you're just like, all right, time to clock out. And then you move your chair like 45 degrees. <laughs> time to clock into Diablo 2. Also, sounds- I've been clocked in and I've been playing Diablo this whole time because I only need an hour of labor for my eight hour shift. I would do that so much if I had one of those jobs. I've done that. I'm constantly incriminating myself on this show, but like I had to take a driver's ed thing that was like a, a, you know, driving, whatever the fuck. Like an OSHA style test. Yeah, it was like eight hours long and I played Mario Odyssey through the whole thing. I didn't even play Mario Kart, which would have been more appropriate. (laughs) (laughs) That's how dedicated you are to not learning (laughs) during this driver's test. (laughs) (laughs) But like, um, I bring that up though because uh our boy Eric Adams is like um I just noticed this thing happened where he he said the other day that oh, oh I pulled up the I actually <laughs> I accidentally pulled up the one about flags. No, no push Eric that Adams down. Is, That's a surprise. So, That's a pleasant yeah. surprise for later. <laughs> um he's talking about 150 migrants sleep outside Manhattan's Roosevelt Hotel, and he's saying that there's nothing we can do. I could not register, and they aren't going to help, says Fofana Hamed from Ivory Coast in Spanish. I've been here days without grooming or showering, yada, yada, yada. So there's all these people, like, sitting on the ground in Manhattan, and Eric Adams is saying there's no room for them, which I is interesting because he's also saying like everyone needs to go back into these buildings all these buildings are empty right (laughs) (laughs) we're losing money on them (laughs) what am i gonna do put in all these alive uh torture bound souls like uh the devil keeps chained to his desk yeah and these and like people don't want to go back to work it's a no-brainer dude Yes, uh, this is a phenomenon called the multi-crisis. It is a New York City-based podcast, but uh, there are so many problems right now. There's apparently never been this many homeless in New York City. Um, 
The real estate industry is like crashing because it's run by robber barons who are also all driving us out of the city at the same time. There's uh, just like uh, all these unhoused migrants who are showing up here and they don't have anywhere to go. And Eric Adams has found a unique way to kind of salvage some positive um, uh, feedback from his administration. This is the mayor of New York City, America's mayor. Uh, He's figured out that what he does is he has a little flag day. He's had uh, 31 different flag days so far in his administration where he, uh, he has a little rally for different countries. And people show up and they're like... Today is Guyana Day. The mayor is going to show up and he's going to talk about how brave you are if you're from Guyana. Uh, So here's some quotes. This is in the New York Times. To Filipino Americans, the mayor said, you believe in families. You believe in business. You believe in public safety. To Croatian Americans, he said, you believe in family. You believe in business and you believe in public safety. To Kazakh Americans, you understand the power of education. You what? believe in public safety. Bit of a snub on the Kazakhs there. They do not believe in family. They do not believe in business. What the? Yeah. What the? It's weird if he says something different. It's also weird that he's saying the same thing because it's like just just say it all at once. Then. Say it with your chest, Eric. What do you think about Kazakhstan? What public <laughs> safety? Thirty-one different days to raise a flag. To raise it proud and true. And the reason he does these is everyone, like, everybody hates this man and everything he does that's part of being New York City mayor, but he's, like, uh, uh, personally doing an astounding job at getting everyone to be mad at him. So this is, like, the one activity he can do where the people from that demographic show up and are like, I do believe in family, Mr. Mayor. Thank you for <laughs> recognizing Belgium today. <laughs> <laughs> We're proud and true. And here's my question: Is when are we going to start calling them Eric Flagdoms? That is a good question. That's what I want to know. I want to know when when it's going to say Eric Flagdoms on his little lapel there. That's it's only inevitable. Apparently, if he kept up this rate of flag raising uh, through a mayorship that goes through 2029, let's say he gets reelected, uh, he would have covered 80 percent of countries in the world. What do you think about that? I that's so exciting. That's a lot of countries, isn't it? It's unprecedented for a mayor to mention so many countries and tell them he, that they're strong. <laughs> he's doing it at that rate because he knows it means we'll reelect him. Yeah, Mister Mayor, your job is not done. You need a third <laughs> term until you've mentioned all of the countries. Listen to this shit he said about the fucking about the migrants sleeping on the streets. He said when asked for his response on Monday, Mayor Eric Adams said, now that we have run out of room, we have to figure out how we're going to localize the inevitable that there's no more room indoors. Adams did not elaborate on what he meant by localize. He said he was going to formulate a plan in the coming days, but quote, that this city, this city is not going to look like other cities with their tents up and down. <laughs> They're going to say they're going to they're going to say localize like no one knows what he means. They're going to say localize, localize it. Throwing out this word like it's a catchphrase. (laughs) You got to localize Adams 2025. (laughs) Localize it. Localize it. Localize it. 
I, I like to pretend there's like a worm tongue figure in his administration who's just like in his ear like, there is no more room, Mr. Bear. <laughs> Tell them we're out of rooms. <laughs> He's like really hell bent on saying like, this isn't going to become a tense city. Like we're not going to turn into San Francisco or whatever. But then it's like, okay, what are you going to do with these people? And he seems to just like have this vague allusion to like, it's like, are you going to do Soylent Green? Are you going to scoop them up with a garbage truck? And It does kind of like- seem like the implication is, yeah, at some point we're going to eat these people. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, we are not going to take care of them. Uh, we are not going to figure out a way to make this, you know, a public solution. We are just going to throw them to wolves. Uh, there's no way we're going to invest even a dollar in keeping them off of the street. And then uh, these same people just complain about crime day in and day out. Can't put the two together <laughs> of like just a t- diminishing public level of uh, uh, of safety. That's really crazy. You really do be like that. It just be like that. It re- it uh, between this and like the rent situation, it does. Like every year you like talk to your landlord and you're like, how much is my rent this year? Oh, even more. How is there not like chaos in the streets? How have you not been chased out of town by a mob? I don't understand. (laughs) Yo, you know, honestly, it's almost like we should be the mayor and then these people should be the comedians. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And I say we because I do not want to do the whole job. I think we should split. No, we can split it up. I can. All right. So I know the thing that I'll do is I'm going to raise flags. I'm going to be honoring different constituencies. I'm going to be honoring. We're going to have two Puerto Rican Day parades under my administration. (laughs) There, I think there already are like four. Well, we're doubling that. We're doing way more than there are now. And we're going to have a great time. We're going to listen to so much music in the street uh, on Eastern Parkway. I live in Bushwick, dude. And like. I feel like it's the Puerto Rican Day Parade like every other. That weekend. is how you should feel. <laughs> it's it's cool. I love the Puerto Rican Day Parade, but I'm always I can never nail down what time of year it is because I just walk outside every now and then. I'm like, it's happening again. They're trying to keep you guessing. <laughs> they, they don't want you to feel like it's ever not a time to honor Puerto Rico. I, I They won. I honor Puerto Rico. They won. Well, uh, Puerto Rico, I honor your commitment to public safety and family. Puerto Rico, thank you for um, your service towards business. Thank you for uh, your uh, uh, commitment to justice. Well, you know who else won recently is um, the children. As Sound of Freedom funder Fabian Marta is arrested for child kidnapping. Did you hear about this? (laughs) Have you read this? Yeah, I saw this tweet, like the story go kind of viral, and I, um, I hate the sound, the the QAnon human trafficking movie for many reasons. Would you say you hate the sound of freedom, Jake? I hate the sound of freedom. (laughs) Do you hate the sound of liberty ringing through the streets? I hate the freedom, and uh, I so I like you know I retweeted it. I thought it was funny and stuff like that. I but you know. It's not real. Like it's it's funny, but this is a case of like the language of the headline, like stretching the truth, which is that I guess in large part this movie was like crowdfunded. So when they say like one of the investors of the movie, I think what they uh, mean is like 
it's one of the patrons. So like one, they said it was one of like 6,000. Okay. But it's a little like, funny. No, it's still very funny. <laughs> just what I'm getting at is like, and like, they make it sound it's, like it's a Harvey Weinstein arrest. or something. They made it sound like it was like the person who made the movie, which is that funny. Would be and it's fantastic. also probably true of that person. These people are all fucking like this, but like what I'm getting at is that if one of our patrons is arrested for something, then like, that is, is this, not my fault. They do the not story. influence the podcast. We do not kidnap children on this podcast. Jake, Alex, and Anders Funder is arrested <laughs> for. He's Jared from Subway is one of their patrons. <laughs> so what do you think about their podcast? You know, Kratom we don't, smuggling. <laughs> We don't fucking. There's also like so, the the felony of child kidnapping. Without looking into this at all, I bet this is some divorced guy who just like didn't get custody and took his kid because I that's usually what it is. Well, that's exactly the problem with what's going on with the hysteria that caused this fucking movie to begin with. Is that like the statistics around human trafficking are highly juked? You know, they're somewhat dubious. <laughs> human trafficking, like. In the actual level of human trafficking that exists in the world is is very unsexy. It's not like a fucking Liam Neeson movie. It's like uh, a lot of it has to do with like fucking low wage, you know, workers and sweatshops and shit like that that are caused by reasons that like these people fucking support in their politicians. Um, you would believe watching movies like this that there's like a John Wick hotel, but for child kidnappers where you're safe anywhere in a major city as long as you check in and reveal your evil badge. <laughs> yeah. Like it's an Illuminati conspiracy. Yeah. And like, uh, the, yeah, if a lot of it is just fucking, you know, weird shit with divorce and, you know, ex husbands and stuff. And oh, I'm going to take my kids or whatever. And then they take them over over state lines i've said this a million times with like the sex work thing plays into it like when pe people get like arrested for like driving themselves over to the next state to go like give a hand job or whatever and then they're like you human trafficked yourself it's all made up to drive people insane because it uh you know it gins up like hysteria which causes people to um you know to people vote for republicans and shit and they fund stuff like ice and all these weird there's just all these weird fucking political projects that are like, uh, if you do some digging, they're just like really racist and they're, you know, funded by evangelicals to keep Mexicans out of the country and to keep fucking women from doing sex work and shit like that. But they have this is all without even getting into the, uh, <clears throat> you know, obvious contradiction people talk about, which is the anti pedophilia group is, has a strong, diagram overlap with the lower the age of consent to 14 uh, demographic. I got my wife in Europe demographic. Yeah, well, that makes sense for them because then they're like, it's not pedophilia if it's legal. No, we changed the law. Yeah, it's actually love now. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's infernal. I regret thinking of that dream again. I've been putting that out of my mind all week. Oh, that's so scary. The raccoon. There, a man stabbed me in the stomach and then put a raccoon on me in a device. <laughs> it was infernal. <laughs> but like the the image of human trafficking is so effective. It's been it's been a thing for 
ever. Like it's it goes all the way back to like you know the blood libel stuff that they used to freak people out in the you know in the Nazi era and stuff. And like it just through time, if you go, people are coming to get your kids. They will vote for whatever you're selling. And the thing is, these these like these organizations and these laws and stuff. Like, like I, you know, ICE, I talk about this a lot, but like when I talked to Homeland Security, when they came to my apartment, I went, what do you do? What's your purpose? And they said, we fight human trafficking. And I was like, oh, you tell people you fight human trafficking. That's why you have so much funding. That makes sense because no one wants to vote no on that. It's like a it's like a stand up trick. It's like something you can't say no to. Like, who's who's horny tonight? You know, (laughs) you, you say, woo. Uh, but like, so you claim you're single. Very interesting. But the the fucking first of all, none of the people who tell you they're fighting human trafficking end up actually fighting it. That's like the really important thing about this because people always go, "Oh, so you don't support this? Do you like human trafficking?" It's like, no. Fucking ICE and Evangelicals and Exodus Cry and all these fucking people and Zesta Fosta. None of this stuff actually does anything to solve that problem. The problem is libertarians. They're the pedophiles. The Catholic Church. They're the pedophiles, right? Uh, And then the other thing is like, it's just irresponsible to be like constantly ginning up this massive amount of hysteria in a like a country of people with no class consciousness who just don't have any idea what's actually going on. And so they're like really really uh susceptible to conspiracy theories and the end result is that you get QAnon has a movie now that's <laughs> like crazy with like a, a major hollywood actors in it it's a book apparently it's like selling better than like the a- new mission impossible award-winning actors <laughs> they said it's, it's competing with the indiana jones movie that just came out who saw this is, that and- who saw the last indiana jones it was like they got one more in them <laughs> there's no fu- how old is Harrison Ford he's, he's like 95 years old since I was a kid he's how many how many years old is he I, 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 let's let's get let's pull up that and Jamie pulled that up but uh um, pulled up no this is a phenomenon of uh economics because uh the money has not Harrison Ford is 81 years old the economy has not uh spread wealth to any of the generations lower than the boomers, really? I mean, I guess Gen X somewhat, but if you look at it, you know, by uh, age to wealth on a chart, um, millennials are like dirt poor compared to their parents at this age. And so you have products being released just to be bought by the people who had money 30 years ago, and they're the same people, and they still want to see Harrison Ford on adventures. And so (laughs) you put him uh, with a robot filter over his body, so he looks like he's not about to fall down and hurt himself, and then you say he's fighting aliens. He's working with the Nazis, but they're going to agree at the end on uh, common sense reforms. Right. Because he's hunting the pedophiles in this movie. Uh, He's whipping him up with a whip. I always think about how these movies are for like people that grew up on them. So it's like, Oh, for some reason, everything's being pandered to like every, everything is being marketed to like 35 year olds and stuff like that. But you're cut. You're right though. It is just boomers just still run everything. So they're like, what if there was a movie about a cool guy who's also 81 years old? The number of films that have come out in the last like four years about a badass 80 year old are out, (laughs) out of control. (laughs) 
yeah. Clint Eastwood should not be allowed to punch anyone anymore. <laughs> it is too far fetched. What was that fucking movie like that came out during the Trump administration where um uh uh what's his face? Die hard. Uh oh Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis was just like fucking beating up Black Lives Matter activists or whatever. <laughs> you gotta pull up your pants, punk. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> I believe there's an AMC show just called Old Man. Yeah, The Old Man. It's a 2022 <laughs> thriller. There, there, there is no subtlety anymore. It's just, it, it tells you what it is. It's Jeff Bridges and he's in a wheelchair and he's got a gun and he's cool <laughs> like you are. At this house oh, you've owned man. since 1988. <laughs> I was trying to watch Old Boy. It's Old Man. I got the wrong DVD <laughs> Damn from it. the store. They're doing, watch Old Man. They're doing the scene where he breaks out of the... He fights down the hallway, but it's just in a wheelchair. <laughs> it's in a wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> Steven Seagal oh. style, Aikido-ing people over his shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> He's using his life alert. This is so exciting. Yeah. And, and, and not to make this too millennial centric, because I do feel like the generations younger than us get even less uh, media attention, uh, which is, you know, partially, I think, the drive towards independent media. Uh, there's definitely more than enough. Uh, there's a movie coming out about how ba beanie babies are exciting. <laughs> there's, there's spoon feeding us what they think we want at this point. Uh, I, Zoomers have entirely abandoned like this system. I think they just watch Skibidi Toilet Guy now. And Jesus stuff and Christ! I saw that for the first time this week, and I am deeply unnerved by it. <laughs> it's so scary. Actually, was that before my dream? Did Skibidi <laughs> Toilet make this dream happen? Is that what the problem was? It's a head in a out. toilet. It just it, there's no body. It's just a toilet. It's so there's scary. thousands of them. They love it. There's 50 episodes. <laughs> and they made me watch that on Radio Free Tote Bag. And it really, I don't want to play the song because it doesn't get out of your head very easily. <laughs> well, you know who else doesn't get out of trouble very easily is uh, previous President Donald Trump. Oh, hell yeah. Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Um, uh, I did everything right. And they indicted they me. They indicted me. This, uh, this <laughs> poor, innocent man, this magnate of industry he's been indicted for the third time folks i don't know what the other two are about this one is for <laughs> openly planning a coup against the office of the united states <laughs> <laughs> and uh without getting too much into it there's lots of funny quotes where he says things like why won't you commit crimes with me i'm trying to illegally commit crimes <laughs> <laughs> and it's all on record. Um, I do not understand if this will prevent him from becoming the president. I don't think it does. Um, you can run from jail. So uh, wishing him the best. But uh, yeah, there, part of this, uh, the, one, of, one of the quotes was him talking to Mike Pence where uh, on the day of January 6th, you know, where Pence like sold him out or anything. He's just talking to him and he says, you're too honest. <laughs> <laughs> which is a terrible thing to have on the record of a uh, corruption indictment but it's I, crazy i saw mike pence tweet the other day that he was like this is proof that like honesty will prevail or yada 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 patriots like, are in control <laughs> <laughs> that's in that's an insane thing to tweet if you were the man's vice president like i don't <laughs> it's not like you didn't work there <laughs> 
yeah, it was you too, motherfucker. Like <laughs> the idea that there is like some sort of like honorable resistance from within the fucking party. Is that you were you were one of the Nazis. What are you fucking talking about, dude? Yeah, I didn't even want to be there. They just made me vice president. <laughs> I don't know how it happened. Um, I don't have much to say guy. about this, but it is. You gotta admit, it is the news. <laughs> I think it's really funny, but I also like. I, I don't. I'm gonna just stop pretending like I understand how indictments work or like anything because I like last time when he got indicted, they were like, "It's finally happening," and then it just didn't. He didn't get arrested, and I like. I remember I was working in Manhattan that day, and there was this eerie feeling. You ever think about the fact you live in New York City and like some famous person that you're thinking about is potentially within blocks of you? You know? Oh like, yeah. I was working in lower Manhattan and we were like talking about it at the bar and I was like, you know, he's like right over there. Like, this is crazy. (laughs) He's like a few blocks away, you know, and it's all happening. And, and like, we're talking about whether all this is going to take the mugshot or whatever. And then like fucking nothing happened. And I, I don't, I don't like the thing where you just get edged by the concept of Donald Trump, maybe going to prison forever. Like, you never get to bust about it. This was know? also happening when he was the president, too. It's been seven years. Of we're about ex- to get him. Is, yeah, it's an extension of it's Mueller time, and Robert Mueller is the sexiest man alive, and he's a little cartoon guy with his shirt off and shit. Damn, that's crazy. He was the sexiest man alive. It's funny he's just gone, and now it's just <laughs> something else. But, like, it's a soap opera. It's just, like, for people to watch. And people and, made bobbleheads of him, and then he just, like, <laughs> gave up and went away. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's if it's too early to get into this shit yet, but, like, I've been thinking a lot about how uh, he, might, he might win because, like, I don't really, you know, I'm not... I don't obsess over electoral politics. I think it's just part of the reason I'm not like sucked into this fucking gray zone, like yell about AOC on Twitter universe thing or whatever. But like, it sounds like people really don't like Joe Biden. I know (laughs) I don't like Joe Biden and I'm supposed to be a guaranteed vote for him. So that's not good. (laughs) He's He's gone so far out of his way to specifically yell at me. It feels like a bunch of the time be like a lot of young people have certain ideas to them. I say, get a job. (laughs) It's like, I'm you're, I'm supposed to be on your team. Why are you betraying me publicly all the time? Yeah, I mean, we're not we're not his audience, but like it's the 80 year olds. uh, Yeah, but most of them are on the Trump train. So like he he has his approval is like below 40 percent or something. It's like bad. And, you know, it's not as though anyone's gonna be able to like effectively challenge him just because the way this system is set up. So I think that like I've been crunching the numbers here and I'm like. I think Trump's going to be president again. Like, there's like kind of no way around it, right? Huh. It does make you wonder. I do feel like his, the Let's Go Brandon people do have more energy in them than the Democrats right now, but I'm not that convinced. Like, I don't think they have regular suburban people the way they did in uh, 2016 anymore because he already was the president and it was like not that exciting or like, good for anybody i don't know that's true uh because like the kind of fashy grift that he's running is like 
uh, all about what what I'm gonna do when I get in. Oh, like, if I was president, I would drain this. You were president. You were president for four years. It just felt like Obama time some more, but with like dumber news stories. It, one thing that was really weird about him being president was that for four years he kept doing rallies, and at the rallies he kept saying, "We're gonna build the wall," and like. You were, like, you were the you, sitting president. <laughs> you're like, you won. <laughs> like, <laughs> when are you going to do that? But I think he just was aware that the the rallying and the yelling, like a fucking comedian, he was aware that that just generated like... The rallies um, do seem really fun. I'm excited to do our Republican debates show. There's no reason for him to attend a Republican debate. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would only like hurt his uh, support because the current argument is who else are you going to vote for? All these guys aren't serious. I was already the president. I'm obviously the guy. I think uh, even talking with the other Republicans who are not popular, like the, with the, the, the leader being Ron DeSantis. I mean, that sucks. They got nothing. They got yeah, nobody. They're boned. I mean, I hope he does it just because I, I need something to talk about at this show, but yeah, it's going to be a low turnout election, and I, for one, can't uh, wait to cover it for another full year, <laughs> breathlessly, yeah. month after month. <laughs> Biden might win just because, like, the incumbency thing where people just go, all right, I'll vote a second. That's time. what I think. I think even though he's unpopular, he wins be with the uh, lowest turnout ever. But uh, yeah. that doesn't mean that we can't turn from electoral politics to real grassroots movements that shock the system and lay waste to the powers that be. Much like happened yesterday in New York City when streamer Kai Senat uh, arranged to give away PlayStation 5s downtown in, Union in New York City in Union Square and uh, thousands of teens showed up and just started lighting things on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I do not understand what happened. Have you seen this? This is it, it's uh, there's lots of pictures of this like 21-year-old kid and he like people are carrying him through a crowd. I saw a video where he's delivered to the police by crowd surfing. I've never seen that before. <laughs> it looked really scary. Like I understand the backlash against this just cuz if you get that many young men in an area, you're like, is this the army? <laughs> are we under attack? <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm hesitant to ever back the blue in a situation like this. There's like 400 cops just saying it's not safe. Stop, stop <laughs> Fortnite dancing on the taxis. Yeah. I saw a lot of people <laughs> dancing on top of cars and shit. That was really funny. Um, something I thought was really funny about this is like, there were a lot of, I, I was looking on Facebook, which is where, um, that's where news lives. Yeah. It's where the, the events it's where of today. The, the voice of the people really exists. And like I, my Facebook is just miles of like the most psychotic person in a town in the middle of America who also does stand up comedy added me for networking reasons before everyone went like openly crazy. And so a lot of it is like, um, try that in a small town type shit of like, why don't you try to give away PlayStation fives in a small town? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, 
it's a lot of like, oh, look, you defunded the police and look what you get. And what's weird about this is uh, I it's being called a riot, but it's really just like, I mean, it's a riot the way people riot when like the the Eagles win the Super Bowl or whatever. Like it, it wasn't like fucking 2020. It looks to me like when I went to an Odd Future concert in 2012 and got there and was like, oh, everyone's too crazy here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm being crushed against a pillar in a way that's frightening for my life. (laughs) Yeah. But like the closest thing that you could compare this to, I think, is the hysteria that happens on Black Friday, which is the most American holiday. So to be like a to try to spin this as like a the fuck this is what happens when you vote for Joe Brandon or whatever (laughs) is insane because this is the most like capitalist freedom loving thing you can do is like becoming a Twitch streamer is the current American dream it's what everyone wants to do because you you don't really work you just are a conduit for like advertising and you like hang out and play video games and then you have to you do this Mr. Beast shit where you go out and everyone just loves you because you're Willy Wonka and you're like I'm giving away the thing everyone wants PlayStation me at Best Buy the natural outcome of that is flipping over a couple of fucking taxi cabs. Yeah, uh, we go nuts for treats. We want the treats. We want the treats. Young men in this country are desperate for treats. That's <laughs> what this country is <laughs> built on. We uh, love family and uh, treats. There's and- there's two takes on this. One is um, this is what happened. Try you tried this in a small town. Try try to give away a gaming rig in a small town. See what happens. And then the <laughs> other is um, we can use this. The revolution is waiting <laughs> for the streamers to pick up to pick up the 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 firebrand of 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 radicalism and. That is not true. You could not use this for a constructive purpose. (laughs) These people are all here to play Diablo. (laughs) None of them are going to help you do shit. Uh, This is truly a chaotic energy that can only be called forth by the innate American spirit of barbarism that lies in all of our veins. (laughs) It's really scary. (laughs) Yeah, you know what the I mean, closest the thing this made me think is, of? This is this is Szechuan sauce all over again. Yeah. This is pickle Rick Szechuan sauce. <laughs> In order to weaponize this, the amount of PlayStation 5s you would need, like I'm just thinking in turn I'm a gamer. You know what I mean? If this was yeah, like a first Starcraft, of all game on like 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 a unit, right? You'd have to throw a PS5 into like over the police line and then get a then a bunch of crazed streaming fans they follow the ps5 but it's like yeah, it's a sure. very valuable resource to be just chucking over and over again every time you right click on the map for attack move that's a playstation 5 thrown to that area so you would and your only unit is zerglings so you have to consider that because you will have siege tanks used against you by the metropolitan police who have not been defunded in any way the political solution (laughs) to policing in every major city in america is like what if we make every citizen technically an employee of the local police we can solve homelessness except for the people we murder have you considered that yeah, that's the old, eventually the only way to get away from the police is going to be to join them. And then it's like there's one guy that we all just 
Yeah, attack. we just beat the shit out of one <laughs> one guy trying to nap. <laughs> it's Starship Troopers. We're moving to Starship Troopers, uh, but if they like never found bugs and just kind of like played phone games in a circle. Yeah, it's really funny that they keep like they keep they're able to get away with doing the like this is what happens when you defund the police thing because like it no no one is none of the police departments are getting defunded and. You know, sometimes you hear arguments from like the stupid fucking uh, Max Blumenthal world of like, uh, you know, intercepty, like gray zone disaffected journalists who are, you know, vaguely associated with the the left in whatever way where they say, like, we can't do de- we can't defund the police because they'll they'll use that rhetoric against us. Anytime something goes wrong, they'll just say, well, you defunded the police. And it's like, Don't you they're see? fucking doing that anyway. And we didn't defund the police. No one has listened to a single thing we've ever said. Don't worry about it. <laughs> the, one of the worst pitfalls that people fall into in, like, this disaffected gray area is, like, just obsessing over, like, what, well, what they're gonna say and what people like, what the you know, like it's fucking. I Tim Dillon always yells about that. She was always like, people don't like this. People don't. Real people think this and that. Real people like Kyle Rittenhouse. And it's like, once you're just making using that as an excuse to make your next move, like some dumbass at McGooby's really wants me to, you know, to 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 support this or that or whatever. You lost your damn mind. I found a found a mom who loves Kyle Rittenhouse because he looks like a well fed big boy. Looks like he's he, carrying acorns in his cheeks. He's, he's just ready for winter. He does. He looks like the marshmallow from Homestar Runner. He really chonked up, and I know that's probably. <laughs> I, I feel like being a, a a public figure and under arrest maybe puts some stress on you, and maybe a little bit of that stress eating. But that's also like I've seen so many high school Republicans take this shape where you like Ron DeSantis get like the, the front belly and shoulders. You know what I mean? Like you get weight all just like in a pad on your chest. Like you're wearing a sumo belly. Yeah. Like an umpire, like an um, it's umpire style weight. It's sociologically fascinating that this is how he does it. Um, Class D alignment, yes. Uh, what about the police? Uh, it's in order to maintain this mindset. It, it's really interesting because it feels more and more popular to be like we have to back the blue kind of thing after twenty twenty. You know the uh, the reaction to that moment we were all having, but the the living reality of it is so hard to look past. Like I saw this guy on the on the street outside my house having heat stroke, and there were just six cops around him all checking to like, hey, can you stand? Can you walk over there? And, you know, that's like one of the most beneficial, uh, in theory, things a cop could do is check to see on ailing citizens in the street. Not six of them. There's no reason to have eight dudes <laughs> asking yeah. if you have had water recently. It's not an efficient use of public resources. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you've ever been in a situation like that, too, it's like, it's just six guys doing nothing, you know? At that point, you should just have a uniform for the guy with heat stroke and be like, we'd like to have you on our team. I had a friend slip and fall and fuck up her arm when we were trying to go watch monster trucks in Long Island a couple years ago. Ah, and I remember like, this. Fucked, and then, like, there were cops around, and we'd be like, 
can you get my friend some water? And they would just be like, nah, we don't have any. It's not my department. (laughs) We're in a stadium. Like, There's there's definitely water. There's no more room for water. There's no room. (laughs) There's no room for water. (laughs) They were like drinking water. It was fucking insane. Oh. I was thinking about like just give it. You know what is a whole division of police we should have are like super soaker cops because cops love to shoot stuff. Why don't you give them something productive? They all have like big high tech water guns. They blast you on a hot day. Yeah, cool us down. Everybody's happy. Man, you just solved America right there. We need we need to meet these problems where they're at. Um, speaking of your friend, I think it's time we talk about your other close friend, and of course, I'm talking about. Lizzo, the dancing flautist. I have claimed that we have been close friends. I was lying. Um, I'm backtracking now. Your personal mentor, Lizzo, the dancing flautist. <laughs> uh, Lizzo, the dancing flautist. <laughs> such a funny way to describe. Lizzo, exactly well, I went to go say her last name. I was like, oh, she doesn't like publicly have a last name. <laughs> Lizzo, Lizzo. <laughs> The big, the big gal from the Barbie movie who did yeah, have a funny no. song in the Barbie movie. We didn't talk about that in the Barbie episode. Oh, I forgot that was in there. She is now, she's facing allegations, not unlike former President Donald Trump, that she <laughs> is a sexual abuser and a uh, harasser of women. Women she claims to love with her hit songs. Well, in fact, she's been doing bad things to them. It's not really clear what all of them... There's just like a lot... All of her backup dancers have been like, Lizzo made me eat a banana out of a pussy. And everyone's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) How does that happen? (laughs) That's the biggest one because it's the the weirdest one. So it's the one that all the jokes are being made about and stuff. But it sounds like she was just like a little tyrant like you become when you're in charge of a bunch of people, like an Ellen DeGeneres type situation. Just the tiniest Um, bit of power makes you (laughs) the biggest girl, which is the name of all of her. She had a show called Watch Out for the Big Girls. That's just her and her backup dancers just keeping it real and eating lots of feasts and stuff. And you're like, wow, they look like they're not sexually harassing each other. Well, that couldn't have been more wrong. Have you ever seen Tar? This is all very Lydia Tar. I have not seen Tar. It's pretty good. It's a weird ass movie, but Tar it's is the final this. boss of Diablo Four. Uh, Tar. You must Tar. face Lydia Tar. The cancelled. Uh, <laughs> that's the final boss. So one thing I think is kind of interesting about this is like a lot of what her backup dancers are uh, accusing her of is like Lizzo kind of. Um, kind of berating them about their bodies because yes. they're her backup dancers, which is like, okay, but this this like person like rose to fame on this like body positivity thing because she's a plus size lady, if you haven't noticed, who is a pop star, and she's but, always crying about this on camera, so you'd think it's a real thing for her. It is, but like this is why I'm always on this anti-celebrity kick. Is like it's it's not actually good that we have like these weird they have this habit of making like these demigods out of people because it immediately reverses the incentives that drove a person to like be interesting to begin with. And like the fact that somebody who 
who, who rose to fame on a like a body positivity kind of message is going backstage and yelling at their like their backup dancers that you need to eat less and like yada 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 it just kind of I, I read an interesting thread by somebody who was talking about it, it was saying like uh, th- that's happening because there can only be one is what happens when you become a celebrity. Like it has to be about Highlander you. rules. Like it's you're lying when you're like, and I, and everyone should learn from me. Like it's in your incentive for you to be the Beyonce of the group, you know? Yes. The other two to fall off of you like a, the things on the side of a rocket ship as you arise to fame. If you whatever. are the beautiful plus size queen, you need a bunch of uh, models dancing for you <laughs> so that you stick out more, I guess. I don't know. There's Here's my favorite allegation on it, which is that she kept making everyone do Christian prayers with her, which is something very popular in the live music industry. I watched that Justin Timberlake live concert that came out like five years ago. Everybody was thanking Jesus for all of the moves. You cannot do any moves without Jesus being involved. It's the most fucked up people, too. And like, honestly, like, I kind of, I've been thinking about that a little bit because like, in January, the last time I went on tour, I was opening for my friend Mishka, who is a musician and he plays the guitar and he's, uh, you know, a rugged white dude. And he has, you That's know, does well in the South sometimes with like scary looking guys in flannel, you know, and Woo! he's kind of the draw because he's a headliner. And so like at one point I was in Arkansas and I had like <clears throat> found myself in front of this audience where I was like, I don't know if you guys are going to like what I have to say. <laughs> Because there was like a dude with like a cross around his neck in the front row, and uh, and then I did some jokes about d- drugs and sex and stuff, and they were they laughed, and then none of them did what I th- was thinking was going to happen in my head, which is them go like, "How dare you, boo or whatever." Yeah, and- they're going to strap a raccoon to your chest and then cut you with a knife and have the raccoon have sex with your knife wounds. Every man's worst nightmare. It. What happens when you're in those situations is you get off stage and you talk to these people and they sort of like have this uh, gotcha moment where they're like, you thought that all Christians were like these uptight people that, uh, you know, that are judgmental. But, it you know, actually, do you want to do some cocaine in the bathroom with me? I'm a dirtbag just like you. The Lord shares his bounty. What's weird about that is I'm like, like the reason that I think that about Christians is because they say it like it's they have a set of rules that they claim to live by. But actually, religion is this thing that when you people are deep in it, and they've lived it their whole lives. They fucking break the rules all the time. And then they just like keep the symbology around as like a weird motif and like, oh, a reminder to try to do better next time and all this stuff. So like a lot of these people, a lot of people that are like actually mired in Christian culture, kind of like they're, there's, they're, they're as fucked up as the rest of us, but they like righteous gemstones is kind of like a good, you know, illustration Mm. of this or whatever, but that 
they feel, feel, they feel kind of comfortable with it because they're like, no, but I go to church on Sunday and then it like balances it out or whatever. Yeah, I think a lot of it is social conditioning as well. You know, if it's the same reason you like if you vote Democrat or you vote Republican, it's probably because your parents do or the people you live near do. And if you are in a strong area where everybody's a Christian, you actually do have some like a small community gathering at church. You probably do that even if you don't do any of the shit they say you do or like uh, it's just a part of being in the town you're from. Um, uh, and there is also the religious element of it where, you know, uh, Jesus and his apostles, they would visit a bathroom and they'd put down the baby changing center and just kind of share a little bit of what they got with each other, you know? Oh, yeah. Did you see Mulaney's special where he talks about doing coke off of those? Yeah. It was very funny. It's so relatable. I mean, I've never <laughs> I've never changed a baby on those, but that does kind of look like what they're like. It's a portable table. People are going to yeah. do cocaine on it. I would never do drugs all of that because I would be thinking about all the babies that have been on. <laughs> oh, that's the thing is you're like snorting diarrhea for sure, which is why like coke addicts are the ideal <laughs> target <laughs> audience of that because they're just like, I don't, I, don't, I don't care. Just get rid of it. Just get rid of it. I'm a little monster. You just need a line. Um, yeah, so I went to middle school with Lizzo when she lived in Texas in A-Leaf, which is a place in Houston. But we did not. She didn't make us eat the bananas, and uh, she because she couldn't back yet. Then. She couldn't yet. It, yeah. If she had the power, if you were her backup dancer back then, I hesitate to think what she would have done to your tight ass. I don't think she was even first chair flute in band yet. Well, if you're first chair in band, it's kind of like, why are you working so hard? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you gotta play the Pirates of the Caribbean theme this accurately. Shit sucks. We played, we played Mambo Number no. Five a couple times. My band also played Mambo Number no. Five. We also played the Jurassic Park theme. Full circle. That's good. We did. I think a lot of songs from Pirates of the Caribbean. I was a first chair saxophone in my shitty band uh, class that I was in because it was the easiest extracurricular class. First chair, huh? Yeah. Well, there was only two tenor saxophones. That's the secret. And I was the older boy. Well, that's always embarrassing. There's only two, and then one of you gets to be first chair. Yeah, and then the other one's eating shit. Actually, when I was a freshman, the first chair was like this uh, druggy, uh, like white boy from a rich family, and he always would like, he was like trying to get into selling drugs, but didn't have any customers yet, so he kept giving me drugs as like a first, the first times free thing, and I was like, I'm. 13 i'm not interested in this please take this away from me and he'd be like what if, why don't you just light it up and he kept rolling a lighter on my pants i feel like i've talked about this before i would go to school and a young man would try to set me on fire every day just for being second chair tenor saxophone wow i'm sorry i've really opened up here i think it's because andrews isn't here yeah this no, is what happens he, when he's here he stifles us you know he keeps we don't get it to all just in open up like this he never lets us discuss our dreams <laughs> the way i want to <laughs> we should have a segment on the show just called scariest dream of the week where we all compete and see who had the scariest one who's the most sick <laughs> people don't like hearing about other people's dreams though that's the reason there isn't a good dream podcast well it's i think they're really interesting i do too but it's like a cliche that it's like an annoying thing oh. to well, guess what? I have a microphone and no audience, and that's why I feel comfortable. <laughs> There's no way you could stop me from telling you about a scary dream I had this week. 
All right, I think that's uh, that's that's all the news I got. That's all the news that's for it to print here. Oh yeah, I wrote about uh, there's a there's a there's a uh, Russia Ukraine war peace talk happening in Saudi Arabia this week that Russia isn't invited to, which I thought was kind of funny. That's funny. There's like 30 <laughs> countries coming, but Russia is not one of them. <laughs> Sounds like they're going to get it all wrapped up, I'm sure. Yeah, so be sure to look out for that. Uh, Russian uh, Ukrainian war ending soon. Um, everyone, the, the, the Black Sea Grain Initiative, it's restarting any minute now. Look out for that. And uh, that's going to be it for us. You got any plugs this week? What do you, what do you got? Uh yeah, hey, what is it next? Uh, next Friday next, we have paid next protest. Friday, yeah, August eleventh. I am on paid protest here in New York City in Bushwick at Silo, which is you and Alex's, you and Anders's show. You're Alex. I'm I uh, am Alex. Uh, the tenth. I'm at Eric Bergstrom show on at Baker Street in Manhattan. I'll put all this stuff up online and uh yeah keep an eye out for uh me and jamie's show the woke mob september 2nd and then this can we announce this fucking show yet I, another show my lips are sealed <laughs> i've done all these shows where they're like don't announce don't yet. tell like, anyone what if people come it's soon like <laughs> we should get people to come no no you can't this fucking business i'm at mcgoobies i'm opening for max blumenthal I'm Every at Magoobies. I'm opening for Jake. I hope to one day meet Max Blumenthal. Um, just come to Paid Protest. That's my only plug. August 11th, next Friday. All right, that's going to be it for us this week. Uh, I'll see you on the Patreon. And in the meantime, it is finished. It's finished. I'm going back to sleep. I'm very tired. <laughs>